Welcome to the Peace at Home podcast. I'm your co-host Sinan. And I'm Jamie. And I'm and Juliet. Juliet. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. I was no, going no, to do it again. Yeah. Should we do it again? No, nah, that's okay. Um, that's fine. God, we'll leave fine. that in. It's all yeah, good. Right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> that's perfect, if anything. That's like the best intro we've ever done. Oh, also our music's by Jordan. <laughs> now it's the best intro <laughs> we've ever done. Yeah, now it's the best intro. Yeah, because I'm not having I'm not beating the allegations <laughs> regarding <laughs> me not <laughs> regarding certain things that we've talked about before on this podcast. I'm not beating those allegations at all with this. So, we have a guest, as you can tell. Uh, it's Juliet Jakes. Hi. We, we are delighted to have. Yep, always up for talking about Turkey. So, yeah. 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 Uh, so, we last time got to the 1980 military coup, which, for those counting, is three military coups and I think six attempted coups now. It's a um, lot. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. You know. The thing is, this is going to happen in a country where the only remotely organized political force is the guys with the guns. This is just going to happen over and over again. Possibly forever. Possibly again. Who knows? Uh, this yeah, is when... All right, this is George when, Orwell. Yeah, this is the thing. We're just going to put out... Uh, we're going to put out the episode and there's going to be a coup in Turkey. And I'm going to be like, fuck. <laughs> what, did, what did they know? You know, like, what were they cooking? <laughs> Has Hakan Shukur got the old Galatasaray team back together? <laughs> I love the idea of him leading a coup with that team and like Fatih Terim becomes president of Turkey. <laughs> the one man who can bring the nation together. <laughs> I, apparently there's a Netflix documentary about him now. I, I, I just saw, a tra- I got recommended a trailer for it on YouTube. I'm like, why is there a Netflix documentary about Fatih Terim? What like he's a English legend. Lang- I mean, first of all, he is. That's objectively true. But like what English language audience is there? there for like Fati Terim the, the like football I'm just I'm fascinated by by it like who is the English speaking person who's not me obviously well it's me I think but it's yeah. you yeah I, I don't have Netflix so it's wasted on me ah yeah that that'll be the trick right. that's how they get you so we got to the 1980 military coup which is probably the most uh well what, what's the nice way it's it's the most significant coup I guess it's the one where the most interference is probably done by the military because Jamie will remember, right? Yeah. But what Jamie? What do you remember about the other military coups? What did they try to do? Uh, now take over the country. That's right. Question? Yeah. That that that's not. That was not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love doing these like checks every episode. I'm like Jamie. Do you remember the thing we talked about possibly a week ago? Even no. <laughs> like, he's like no. <laughs> That never, no. never gonna happen. It's well established that I am, I am Guy Pierce and Memento. <laughs> I think I, the only well, there are without, only two without things the money that Jamie to spend remembers. on tattoos. So yeah, yeah, the only thing Jamie remembers are two things, which are Bap, yeah, loves Bap and Mints, <laughs> Bap and Mints, yeah, Bap and Mints. <laughs> I everyone's everyone's favourite police TV there, duo. Yeah, I know, right? There must be a town in Northern England where that's a delicacy, right? Like, oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. I, if there is, I will go to it and order. It's a like literally, it's one tiny like suburb of like outside Berry or something. But you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, Bap and Mints is like a sort of traditional meal, and you know, <laughs> every Labour Party MP around there claims to like eat Bap and Mints for breakfast every morning. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I feel like I could reasonably convince like a member of the shadow cabinet that bap and mince is a delicacy in Nottingham. Mike and Gates what, would fall for that. Let's yeah, like <laughs> even though they should all know it's a cob here. But anyway, um, 
but yeah, they, I'm not going to start like what do you call a bread discourse? Oh my on, god! Yeah. Consi- <laughs> considering my own like well documented position regarding bread, we're not GB um, News. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that always that that always like annoys me when it comes up as well because there's that like fucking map people use of what do they call like a fucking bread roll in different parts of the country and it always says stotty in the northeast and it's like a stotty's a different thing yeah i'll fight i sort of i sort of like see that and i'm like it doesn't really matter because everyone figures out what you mean anyway yeah if you're in like a place where they don't use the word you use you can figure out that's the great thing about like language context yeah yeah, like Mm. we figure this stuff out you know it's not like anyone gets really, really esoteric with it or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> you're not you're not in a chippy somewhere like you, like for the first time, and they ask you, "Do you want a like 1998 Ford Escort with your fucking chips or whatever?" And you're just like, <laughs> "Pardon." <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if only. Um, so, military coup. Military coup. Yeah, this is what the podcast is like. Um, yeah. <laughs> for people. For people who are wondering, this is what we're like all the time. Um, so, I, I guess the background of the coup was that there's massive, you know, it's the, the government can't govern uh, because they keep switching sides because basically there's no, you basically you can't have a government without either of the two major parties in it. And all of the small parties hate the big parties and the big parties hate each other. So you just can't you just can't have a government that lasts more than six months, which you know some I think that's I think that's fine probably. But you also have left right political violence. You have all sorts of assassinations. I think there were like three a day at one point, three political assassinations per day, which wow. is I, yeah, wow is probably the right sort of thing. Well, I, by, I know pe- by political assassination, we don't mean an actual politician, though, do we? There. There, it was sometimes an actual. Well, sometimes, but not like you know what they weren't often like three members of the parliament a day. No, yeah, no, that's not not right yeah. at all. Yeah, they would be a sad. Like usually, what what that means is that like a far right person, the guy from Day of the Jackal, forming a union. <laughs> <laughs> but what that usually means is uh, a far right paramilitary assassinates a left wing paramilitary, or you know, other way round, or a lot of the time it was just right wingers killing left wingers. Shocking twist, I know. And yeah. it's really weird how the police and army didn't seem to really care about that violence. It's strange. So it's just, I'm just, I'm so confused by it. Uh, Jamie, do you remember uh, from the last time how they started investigating whether they should do a coup? The really, really, like, fun detail of how they started, like, investigating it. Uh... They had some guy handwrite something, wasn't it? Yeah, they they had like a general, like an actual general in the army, handwrite a report on whether there should be a military coup. Like it was, like it was, it was like he was writing what he did that summer for school. Yeah. Like, okay, now I need you to investigate whether there should be a military coup or whether you know I should warn the <laughs> warn the political party sternly, like Keir Starmer style military coup, where he puts the Republican People's Party on notice, <laughs> <laughs> just like. Just it's such a because the thing is they've they've we've had two coups before this right we had the one that was a military intervention you know troops on the streets they took over the radio stations and they announced yes the the army's taken over but for a temporary period ever don't worry about it there's going to be democracy soon as soon as we rewrite the entire constitution <laughs> it's going to be okay everyone we've just arrested the bad people and now we will execute the prime minister which was uh fine I guess. People seemed really okay with it at the time. 
I, I guess we're kind of in that position in the UK where if there was a coup and they said we're executing Rishi Sunak, most people probably wouldn't give a shit yeah. at this point. But obviously, like, if we had a military coup in this country, they'd be putting David Cameron back in as Prime Minister, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I It'd just be Jeremy myself. Clarkson. Um, oh, God. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. I actually genuinely think David Cameron would be worse. Like, it would... It would I, think, I think David Cameron comes with such baggage. Yeah. As, no, as I like, think um, a, a military coup would put that fucking Plymouth Herald dipshit in. Oh, uh, Johnny Mercer. Johnny Mercer, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's always been good and, to our brave lads. All the sensibles would be arguing for like a government of all the talents, uh, headed by him and Dan Jarvis. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, 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 love, I love like government of oh, short, short trials for Gary so Lineker. Much. <laughs> and it's and it's actually it's actually really interesting you mentioned like governments of national unity because we had the other coup which was the coup by memorandum where the government sent a memo saying uh you either need to resign or we're gonna like arrest everyone and then the government resigned because <laughs> you know they didn't want to get arrested i guess and then they appointed a gentleman uh to be the sort of technocratic unifying you know prime minister uh, a party of uh, just a government of all talents, in fact, was formed, and I think that was almost the language used for it as well. Yeah. It was very, uh, it's very weird how similar Britain and um, Turkey are at some, in some ways. Yeah, someone should do a podcast about that. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, someone should. But it was uh, it was that guy we mentioned in the previous episode, Nahat Erim, whose assassination probably catalyzed this military coup. And he was assassinated because he executed left-wingers, um, which, you know, if he didn't want to be assassinated, I have a pretty simple solution to that problem. Yeah. It, t- it turns out, <laughs> don't do that. Um, Rod-, Rod for his own back there, like, really. Yeah, it's the guess who fucked at .jpg, <laughs> but somehow much more <laughs> consequential. <laughs> I hate that image so much. I'm so mad that I made it. I know. <laughs> I the, I think the worst part of that image is that I am dressed as a pirate in it. So it has like, but like out of context, no one knows why I'm dressed as a pirate. <laughs> like, why am I dressed as a pirate in that? No, I, no one listening to this will know why. G- genuinely, no one will. People people see that for the first time and assume you fucked it because like you dressed like that for a wedding or something. I would. This is the thing. Like that would happen to me. That's the kind of thing that absolutely would happen to me. So they've just got me. Remember, it's an like, expensive wedding, so dress fancy, and you're like, like half paying attention. Like, yep, got it. Yeah, like I got just <laughs> the thing. Sitting with your Game Boy, not really listening. Show up in my pirate outfit. Like, yeah. This is is this not is this not what we wanted? Why is everyone dressed like a like they're going to a wedding? <laughs> Hey, I, I am very well behaved at most weddings that I attend. Admittedly, not my cousin's wedding, where I uh, I proceeded to drink an extremely large amount of Jaeger bombs, which yeah was a was a mistake. I didn't I didn't make a tit of myself as bad as she did though. She yeah. got really drunk and started yelling at her new husband pretty much immediately. I think people my age just don't get married. Yeah. Or like get married in private ceremonies. So just no one's doing the I, big wedding thing. Anymore. I could have got I could have gone to a fifth wedding when my dad got married for the third time, but I told him I would go to the next one. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I've got friends who are starting to like get married for the second time. So yeah, joy of joy of being in my early forties, I guess. Um and, I, I don't want to think about aging today. 
<laughs> I'm just gonna not think about it and just and uh, just power through here. All right. So, 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 Jamie, the thing you were supposed to remember was that they tried to return to like you know actual political government as quickly as possible. Right. That their point was like, okay, we're just gonna quickly get rid of the rot, and then we're gonna return to the civilian administration because our job is not to be the government. Turns out this time they didn't think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this time they thought, you know what, we're just gonna we're gonna form. A hunter, like an actual hunter, this time, and and the delightful name of this hunter was the National Security Council. Euphemistic, which you know, yeah, it's good. I think that's there's nothing. This is all above board, as far as I can tell. It's one of those names that just screams like we're the bad guys. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? It, even in even in Turkish, milli güvenlik konsey, like konsey feels like a bad word to me. Even though it just means council, it just feels because um, there's a, and I I think this is partially Hearts of Iron Four's fault because the fascist party in Hearts of Iron Four in Turkey is called the Fascist Council, and I'm just like that's not what it would have been called. And also like God, that word is just associated with everything awful. Whenever I see it, whenever I see that word, it's just associated with some group of cunts I hate. But yeah, so so the general who's put in charge is a gentleman called Kenan Evren, who, uh, I I don't know, should we should we should we talk about his military career because he didn't really seem to do very much. He 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 served in the Turkish Brigade in Korea from 1958 to 1959, which people will know is after the fighting stopped. Yes. <laughs> so I can't can't really. They were argue just there to he... keep an eye on things, yeah. Yeah, that that was yeah. They were there to make sure that like the permanent sort of truce was permanent, I guess. Which I, you know, I think we talked about the Korean War on a bonus episode. We did. And how yeah. much of a fucking fiasco it was whenever the Turkish Brigade were involved, <laughs> such as the occasion where they lost all of their ammo, um, <laughs> which was pretty bad. Um, also, the occasion where they kept accidentally attacking Allied Korean forces. Because they mistook them, not for other Koreans, but for the Chinese. Yeah. Which is somehow even worse than the they other just, thing they, they could a, have been doing. Just a bunch of wacky lads, really, weren't they? I mean, I do wonder if there's, like, any, like, TV show. Because it, it, it is, like, ripe for, like, comedy TV show. But I feel like you don't make comedy TV shows about it. Actually, apparently MASH did an episode about them. Oh, well. Um, oh. Well, MASH refers to them in an episode where one of the characters reco- writes a letter to his dad. Detailing the exploits of Turkish soldiers, <laughs> which I can only assume are good. Um, and then there's apparently a very sad film about it, but there's no like comedy film about it, which I feel like there should be. But and I, I say this as the grandchild of a veteran of that war. I think it was very funny, like the stuff the Turkish Brigade did, just clown shoe shit, just incredible. <laughs> I, I, uh, well, I, I think the war itself was obviously really terrible because they just ra- they wrecked Korea yeah. and uh, imposed this fucking dickhead on South Korea. But anyway, the, the this guy was so he went to Korea for for a year. I think I also in that bonus episode talk about what my granddad saw in Japan that blew his mind, and though it was not like anime <laughs> or something weird, <laughs> well, it was well. Also, you know that, you know, um, and this is going to sound like a tangent, but I'm just, I've just clicked on the Wikipedia page for the Turkish Brigade. So you know that, uh, you know Shinzo Abe got contraptioned? Yeah. Quite famously. Who could forget? 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was brilliant. Uh, so you know that he was like contraptioned because of the Unification Church. Yeah. Uh, it turns out they funded a film that depicts Turkish soldiers. Okay. In their film, and apparently it's just completely wrong because one, it displays them as being competent, uh-huh. and two, because it shows them being involved in the Battle of Inchon, but they actually arrived a month late to the battle, <laughs> which. So when you say when you said like you say I thought when you first said that there I thought they'd like funded a film about the Turkish Brigade and I was like okay that's a weird choice but no they they like it was about the Battle of Injon but just the Turks showed up on time this time yeah. <laughs> in this version of reality they showed up on time just really weird stuff to find so so Kenan Evren was it it turns out it transpires the commander of Operation Gladio's Turkish branch. Which is, normal. you know, and as, as we know, Operation Gladio was completely fine and normal. There's nothing yeah. weird going on there. They, they you know, and, and so the Turkish branch of it was called the Counter-Gorilla. Uh, or at least it's commonly, un, like, named the Counter-Gorilla. I don't think we ever got told the official operation name. Jamie, you might recognize that from when, uh, like, prime ministers kept resigning, saying that the Counter-Gorilla... We're yeah. threatening to like kill the government, basically. <laughs> this is that counter gorilla. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, we, we, we meet at last. Yeah, I think we have. We. I'm going to try and find the uh, official name of it because I know there's an operation name for it, and it was not the counter gorilla because the um the Greek one was Operation Sheepskin, which again feels like they're making fun of Greece because if you have Gladio in Italy, which is a sword. And then you just go sheepskin for Greece. It feel like you're yeah. making fun of them. Ugh. God, I hate this guy. I hate Kenan Everyone so much. Just like thinking about him pisses me off. Um, so he's he's in he's he's so for people who don't know, I guess I should clarify the the Operation Gladio is a colloquial term for America, the CIA's sort of stay behind regiments that were put in lots of countries in case the Soviet Union did attack and occupy a place they were sort of intended to be like resistance forces and to have do terrorism basically but a lot of the time in like germany in particular and italy uh, they would just like release the war criminals from world war ii and have them be uh members of the counter guerrilla which i think is in my opinion a case for permanently being a member of nato in britain's case we should be permanently associated with the organization that let fascists go and store weapons and explosives which they regularly used yeah. um, in terror attacks it turns out which but, is cool but it kept cool. communists away yeah yeah which you know that's and if that's not the most important thing so Kenan Evren eventually becomes the chief of general staff in 1978 which is the top military guy he's in turkey technically speaking the president is the commander of the military but in reality, it's this guy. This guy does the actual military stuff. Which is why he's the one telling people, yo, uh, you need to write this report about whether I should do a military coup or not, because I can't quite tell when he clearly wanted to do it. Like, he, he clearly, clearly wanted to do it. And if you, uh, if you are wondering who appointed him, Jamie, do you remember a guy called Bülent Ejevit? That uh, name rings bell, yeah. Yeah, the, the guy who was the Republican People's Party... Um, leader who actually won an election which makes him rare i think he's the he's one of two republican people's party's leader leaders to win an election 
where there were other parties competing in the election, which tells you that this party is not good at uh, winning elections. Somehow worse than the Labour Party, actually. So he's the one who invaded Cyprus and all of this stuff. But he... He's the one who appoints Kenan Evren as chief of staff. And do you want to know what his reason was? What? He was politically neutral. (laughs) (laughs) And so just to be clear, Blunt Edge of it pitched himself as like, he tried to pitch himself as like socialist without saying the word socialist. Like he would say left of center. Ah, Wink. You know, like wink, I'm left of center. You know, if you're, if you're a statist and a populist, you are necessarily left of center. And then everyone immediately said, so you're saying you're a communist. It's like, no, but, you know, like just completely floundered. But he did win two elections on the, on what, on a party, on a platform that was basically decried as communism, even though all he wanted to do was like raise some taxes and nationalize some stuff, which I don't know if that sounds familiar at all. Does this, does that sound familiar to anyone? A little bit. Guy who wants to improve things is communist and also also immediately called like a terrorist as soon as any terrorism happens. Mm. <laughs> yeah, have really have come weird. across this somewhere. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's kind of funny to sort of transform the premise of this podcast from Turkey and Britain are the same to Britain is forty or fifty years behind Turkey on discourse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a funny twist. What would that? What would that mean? We're coming up to. I guess that means we're coming up to woman prime minister who steals everything. Oh yeah, and great. great. Although actually, no, we had the woman prime minister who steals everything. It was Liz Truss. Yeah, because she keeps stealing like hotel bathrobes and stuff. <laughs> oh god. So, so actually, we have done it. Damn, we've done, okay. So we've done Tansu Chile, I guess. So we're picking up the pace. Yeah, we really are. Like Britain does have this feeling that it is accelerating as a country. Yeah. Oh Which yeah. Which is not, and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean that in the worst possible way. No, I mean, it depends on what we're accelerating towards. Mm, well, it, it might It we... might be, like, a glorious future. I mean, it's, uh... it's not. It's not, but... Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, you know what I mean? It's technically a possibility. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like how Keir Starmer's thing was, like, a different future as possible. Oh, and it's God, like, yeah, a different, yeah. a different future. Yeah, doesn't didn't qualify the quality of the future, so he is yeah, technically correct. Much worse yeah. future with, uh, yeah, this appalling dickhead. I mean, it's just like <laughs> a standard bit of bet hedging from him because most futures are different. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he couldn't quite commit to any which side of the coin would land on. So he, he's just... He's he's understood that the coin won't land on its side, but he doesn't know which side it's gonna land on, and he's just panicked. I fuck. I hate. I hate this motherfucking ham dipshit so much. Oh god. I also hate Kenan Everan, who does not resemble a ham. I will drop a picture of him. I know this is an audio medium, and I do this every episode, but I will drop a picture of him. Uh, in 1988, he doesn't look like a ham, but he does look kind of like the axe murderer guy. Actually, <laughs> like he yeah, shaved his mustache. Like... Oh yeah. <laughs> If you don't know who the axe murderer guy is, I was, about, I was uh, about to find the immort. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's the immort. That's the axe murderer guy. That's the that's the guy who uh, went on a dating show and said that he uh, he admit he killed two of his wives, um, yeah. which was it was a lot. You know, he's just he's just a guy looking for some love after executing two of his wives. Nice. I think I think one of the excuses was his wife was in the way of his axe as he was swinging it. Right. 
I mean, that's that's how an axe murder works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, he's I got the fundamentals down. Yeah, he's understood what an axe murder is at least. So <laughs> we cannot criticize him for his for his deep knowledge of that. So Kenan Evren intervenes in the military. So the coup the coup's by the books. You know, they come out, they take over all the government offices. And they arrest every single politician, basically. Every single leader. And then they ban every political Which is fine. That's how, that's how restoring democracy works. You take over with arms and then you get rid of everyone who was a significant political figure before you did a military. That's, that's good. I think that works really well. Ooh. Actually. You know, I think, I think if your plan was to build a, sa- a sort of like a stable participatory democracy, immediately arresting the leaders of every major political party is how you would do it. I, th- I think that, in fact, to be fair, in Britain, that would probably improve. I would like um, to see it tried, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I say this out loud and I'm like, actually, you know what, maybe this guy, maybe we should have let this guy cook in Britain specifically. Because <laughs> obviously at this time it would have been Thatcher in power, so he could have arrested Thatcher. But of course, actually, Thatcher is relevant to the story of what's happening here. Of course. Of course she is. So, he forms this National Security Council. And I think, this is, I think this is just what they call any time the military coups the government. They just call it the National Security Council or some such bullshit. And there are five members of the National Security Council. So he comes in, he suspends the constitution, and he's like, this National Security Council has legislative power over the entire country. Like, we can just approve legislation between the five of us. And those five people are him as chief of general staff, the commander of the land, naval, air, and also the gendarme, who are like military police. So these are the five most senior military officers in the country. And he's basically said, we get to pass all legislation and, and do, do everything, basically. Which, as you might imagine, is not a good system for government at all. Didn't work very well because immediately they started banning the. They banned trade unions. They made yeah. strikes illegal. Um, they prosecuted the former political leaders, including. This is, um, this is all very, very similar to what the Greek military junta did when they got in, right? Like in 1967. Yes. Um, and, and these people would have been trained by people who were friends with the hunter. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, actually, I think these people would have been the same generation. So they w- and, you know, they're both in NATO, so they regularly talk to each other. So they, they probably copied a lot of the methods from them. Yeah, that makes sense. And a, and a lot of this, and obviously, like, when Jack was on, uh, we talked about how this basically ruined the cultural scene of Turkey, mm. uh, as it did in Greece as well. Yeah. Uh, we were particularly talking about Anatolian rock, which uh, Jack just loved as soon as we sent him the song. Because yeah. <laughs> of course he did, uh, of course. He, I, think, I believe the quote was, this smokes, uh, which... Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, one of the things you do get out of this is the literary career of Orhan Pamuk, right? Like, yeah, Orhan Pamuk, um, yes. Who, uh, Silent House is the, uh, the novel sort of about the events leading up to the coup, I think, which is one mm. of the ones I've read. Um, but yeah, he sort of begins his career around this time, right? Uh, yeah, he would have been, let me think, he would have been, like, 28? So, yeah, yeah, probably when he started, yeah, probably when he started, like, he probably started in the mid-70s, I think, and then this would have been when his career really started, like, picking up after that. Yeah, that makes sense. Great author, good books, 
Um, yeah, his book on Istanbul is great. Um, yeah. And yeah, Museum of Innocence is also wonderful. Um, yeah, he... Uh, I think he was... I think Orhan Pamuk was put on trial in the 2000s, not yeah. during the military government. Yeah. Uh, because he... I think he just sort of like vaguely acknowledged that the Armenian genocide happened and that like Kurdish people have been treated poorly by the Turkish state. And they were like, we can't stand for this. We're going to have to put them on trial. And of course, this resulted in like book burnings by fascists and stuff, because that's, you know, the one thing they go for straight away is they start burning the guy's books. They've been translated into other languages, guys. It's, they, they, they still exist. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. Um, you fucked it. Yeah, you fu- yeah, guess who fucked it? <laughs> but yeah, I, I have a lot of time for Orhan Pamuk's books. Quite good. Uh, not always, like, of the particular genre that I enjoy reading, but they're, they're worth reading if people want to read I would say. So we, have, so we have the National Security Council, and so, you know, ban trade unions, ban strikes, uh, arrest all the, all the political leaders, uh, what else was there? There was um, suspend the constitution, of course, you know, and mass trials. So they arrested 250,000 people pretty much immediately after coming. Which is, you know, like people say like, oh, what if we all break the law? What are they going to do? Arrest us? Yeah. Turns out, yeah, they might. They actually <laughs> they, they might be capacity to do that in some cases. And I, I believe there were 50 executions. So they didn't even, they didn't have a good hit rate, really, like when you think about it. But there was all sorts of stuff that went on, uh, like blacklisting from work, right? I think it was like 1.6 million people were blacklisted from, uh, from like just generally from their industries. Uh, in the, I, by the way, when I say 50 people were executed, I mean like immediately 50 people were executed, like in the immediate aftermath. I think it was like, 500 in the end by the time that this the, the coup government had decided they'd had enough they tried to execute 7,000 people with the death penalty wow yeah I mean, that's that's a, th- these, that's a yeah. bit fucking much like yeah they they recommended 7,000 people to get the death penalty uh i guess we'll take it off the record real quick so there'll be a bit of music before we return Um, we're back from that, uh, little fact detour that we did. Uh, so if, in case you're wondering, uh, this is the part where I'm like, actually, maybe this is, this is uh, interesting. Journalists were attacked and arrested. Uh, three of them were shot dead in the streets, which, you know, weird that we never picked, followed up on that and looked into it. No, uh, I mean, if you're listening, if you're listening to this and thinking, well, that's good. I mean, not British journalists. Yeah, Turkish journalists and journalists who were critical of the uh, of the hunter, just to be just to just to add a twist to it. <laughs> a bunch of people were stripped remember, of their citizenship. Remember when the journalists were hard? 
Yeah, remember the Jonas Warad, and yeah, well, there were forty-three uh, quote suicides uh, from official sources where every well they fucking killed them, you know, yeah. zipped themselves into suitcase-style suicide. Although I guess in Turkey they didn't at least have the farce of someone going onto the news show and demonstrating how they could zip themselves into a into a suitcase, <laughs> which is an actual thing that did happen in the UK. What? Yeah, that's real. There's uh, a real I, I remember, I remember the suitcase thing, but I don't remember someone fucking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, someone went on the news and zipped themselves into a suitcase. It's one of the most insane things I've ever watched. Oh that God, is, yeah, um, that is yeah, like, honestly I've some not... pervert shit. Quite frankly, yeah. I mean, look, I don't judge people. I, you know, but no, I mean, um... I, I mean, like, yeah, if people want to, people want to like do that. That's fine, but I mean, like, specifically, like <laughs> doing it on the news. That's yeah. like you know what I mean. Like yeah. no one, no one, no one asked for you to like involve us in your fetish like that. Step up from John Selwyn Gummer, isn't it? I mean, like yeah. Oh, God, what a horrible name! What a horrible name! But yeah, it was. I, I'm pretty sure it was on BBC or something. Like they they went on like like it might not even have been like the news. It might have been like you know like the one shows or like a light entertainment show like Richard and Judy or something and sipped himself into a fucking suitcase. <laughs> I kind of love the idea of someone doing that with Richard and Judy now. So canonically, that's what's happened. That's now what's happened, everyone. That's the truth. Holly and Phil on this morning. Oh, God. That'd be the most cursed place for it. I'd love it if H-Roma guy fact-checked for that particular bit. <laughs> it just got, didn't do it on Richard and Judy. It's like, I know, it's a joke. Please. I'm just, a, I'm a nice guy. Please don't nuke me from orbit like that James Summerton dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so a lot of people were given the death penalty. Um, a bunch of people had their citizenship revoked. There were like officially thirty thousand people who were political refugees, uh, including both of my parents. Uh, so if you're wondering why I don't like talking about this guy in particular, mm. there might be reasons why I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was lots of instances of torture, uh, like. In Turkey, they have this thing called, they had, I think they were called white cells that were basically like, uh, basically solitary confinement cells that they would keep people in who they just dragged off the streets on suspicion of being like a communist or whatever. And keep them there for ages and ages and ages. And whenever they like had contact with people, it was literally to beat them or to like pull their teeth or whatever the fuck it was they did to them there, which is horrible. Uh, just to give people that, and uh, there were obviously people who resisted this sort of coup. So there were people who fought in the streets, shot guns. A bunch of people died because of that. Um, you know, as as far as the like deaths go, that's probably the most forgivable. But also like fuck fuck the hunter. So I'm bl- putting that on them. I think like people died like about 150 people died maybe 100 200 people died because of the torture they were put through in those white cells and stuff mm. uh uh people were just refused passports because they thought they would use them to leave the country uh and i think 100,000 people or thereabouts were ch- tried on on were, they were basically sentenced to prison for being a member of an organization yeah, just, I just, just want to say there as well, oh, they were denied a passport because they thought they would use it to leave the country. That's what it's for. Yeah, <laughs> right. But they thought they, they thought they were using it to flee and sort of just do illegal shit that would fuck up the hunter. Abroad. Yeah, but imagine, imagine being told that, like, oh, we, we suspect you're going to use this to leave the country. 
Yes. Yeah, like. Yeah, well, like. Well done, detective. You... Well, it's probably yeah, like... probably preferable to what's been happening under Erdogan, which is people just turn up at the airport and find out their passport's been cancelled. Like. Yeah. That's why I don't get a Turkish passport. That yeah. and the military service. Well, that yeah. I mean, my um, I mean, I'm hopeless with family relations, but like my brother's wife is half Turkish, and her father can never go back to Turkey, um, because my, he skipped yeah. military service. Like my dad had uh, part of his condition for political refugee status uh, in the UK was that the British government required him not to go back to Turkey for mm. a specific period. Uh, whereas my mum, okay, so maybe off the record for the mum bit again. about the second law dump for friends yeah. <laughs> that we can't publish because... but feel feel free to speculate about what went on in the moment where like Sinan went oh I'm just going to go off the record about me mum yeah <laughs> about what my mum was doing at this time done both of your parents now yeah like... I've just I've done it yeah yeah <laughs> I think explaining that to people helps people understand why I'm like this <laughs> um I think I think that helps explain a lot about me, but also I don't think I can publish that without my parents' permission. Yeah. Um. In either case, I mean, I definitely would not get permission for one of those, and I don't think the other one would appreciate it very much if I just started saying it on the podcast. You gotta leave it up to the guests to figure out which one is which. There. Uh, I suppose there was one silver lining as well, which is that there were three hundred days in which newspapers weren't published. That's that was kind of a that was a silver lining, I suppose, in the whole thing. You know, regular, if, they, if they did that, if they did that over here, we'd have like full communism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like the, the government would be toppled so quickly yeah. if we just didn't have the newspapers. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, yeah, but obviously, obviously, in seriousness, this is really bad because a lot of these journalists who were arrested and harassed and shot at and stuff, they worked for these newspapers and they were, generally speaking, quite critical of the, of the. Hunter. That was the whole point of banning them, right? Was that yeah. they didn't like the hunter. That was that. To to be serious, that's what happened. So okay, okay. So the hunter was officially in had legislative power for three years, right? How many laws do you think that they passed in three years? Mm. Bear in mind, the British Parliament can't really pass laws in like any amount of time. I'm gonna say two. Majorities. Two. Yeah. I'm gonna say none. Okay, so. It was either going to be really low or really high, right? That was sort of the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the gambit there. It's 800. So I win I because I was the closest. Yeah, yeah. you were only 798 off. <laughs> so I guess it's fine. Um, I, and, and you might be wondering, well, what did they, what did they want with the, with the laws and stuff? What were, they, what were they going after? And part of it was they wanted to just sort of 
legitimize what they'd already done, right? They, they, a lot of these laws are like, we are the legitimate government, uh, the hunter is real and legitimate and representing the people, and it says, and you know, it's a bit like the Rwanda stuff, right? Where they're saying, yeah. Rwanda's safe because we said so. Mm. It, it has it has that kind of vibe to it. The other thing was, they just wanted but to just, complete... They just won't shut the fuck up about it while like, everyone else in the country's like, yeah, I can't afford food. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, And no one can't, like, I I'm so fucking sick of this Rwanda thing. Like, yeah. when Rishi Sunak said my patience is one thing, I'm like, yeah, mate, me too. Yeah, you're not like, the only one. Like, yeah, like, we're all fucking sick of it at this point. Please. But, but luckily, again, we like, can vote it. Oh, never mind. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things we like, just wouldn't have if it wasn't for the fucking papers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is, you know, like, why that, why I think 300 days without the papers might do some good for the UK. I mean, I honestly think that, like, you'd be better off reading nothing now. Like, if you just got yeah. all of your news from, like, mainstream British newspapers, you'd be more stupid than someone who read nothing. Yeah. Just, just, watch, just watch Twitch streamers. Exactly. You know, I, have yeah. no, I, have, I have no ulterior motive in suggesting that as the way to get your news. <laughs> just watch Twitch streamers who, are, you know, who read it for you and then tell you what to pick. No, I don't really do that. I don't even read it before the streams anymore. I'm getting real lazy. And you know what? The hogs still pay for it. So... <laughs> I like, I like, I love this podcast because I come on here and insult the people who watch the other things I do. Yeah. When there's already a significant overlap between the audiences. Oh, that's always good. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. I, I think everyone takes it in the spirit it's intended. I hope so. Um, yeah. Well, because, well, I think it would be hard to watch me on Twitch and not understand the spirit in which that comment is intended. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. So obviously there were there were lots of trials. I think one of the funniest outcomes of this, not that anything is very funny about this, is that the far right party uh, got banned uh, when this ah, was yeah. what they wanted all along. <laughs> they literally got what they wanted and they got banned. Did they and cry now, because they got what they wanted? Um, I think I think they kind <laughs> of did because uh, Ben, who's sadly uh, very busy, uh, hates this particular political leader called Alpaslan Turkesh. Okay. Who, um, who Jamie will recall um, quite... I think we have a meme about him somewhere. Uh, we do, actually. But we have the official Peace at Home memes channel, um, which is this, is... this is this is our meme of him. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, which is, is completely accurate. We he looks like Leonid Brezhnev. Or maybe he, he is. Yeah. He looks kind of like my granddad, actually, <laughs> which is a bit concerning because he was in the Turkish army. Um... <laughs> He does look kind of like my granddad. It's the eyebrows, yeah. I think that is just yeah. Proper. That's a, that's an in, that is an inherited trait. It turns out my eyebrows are getting getting long and like that. Um, I don't I don't like aging. Can you tell? <laughs> um, we yeah. So he got he got thrown in jail too, and you know, and this was the thing. Okay, so I know someone who uh, was in military service at the time of the coup. Because they're a bit younger than my parents, and he was selected because he had martial arts training to be one of the ones who guarded the president, who which was Kenan Everett, right? And he was regularly in these meetings, and he would always, and there would always be protests outside his like presidential palace, Chankaya, in this, in Ankara, and we're sitting in Istanbul. Yeah, the real capital of the country. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not at me about this. Um, but he would always he would be there, and apparently, like the, his main line of reasoning was, "I don't understand why these communists are so mad at me. For each one of them, I execute, I execute a fascist." <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "Yes, they're mad at you for ex like." That's come the on. real centrism, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You, you know, 
and, well, and then loads the of thing, yeah, yeah. I, think, I guess the papers were shut down, so there weren't loads of dickhead columnists just saying like, you know, why are all of these extremists getting angry about him killing all the communists? And to be fair, a lot of the journalists the real, were communists. The <laughs> um, real centre, so. the real centrism would be like pardoning the the, uh, the fascist. To be fair, yeah. If anything, oh, he true, kind yeah. of he kind of upset the centrist. Fine, uh, fine, fine. SDP tradition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just found that really fascinating that like in private, he was like, I don't understand why everyone's so mad at me. And it's like, because you banned every political party and banned trade unions and you, you know, all of this other shit. People are pissed at you because you imposed your political will on the country without consent, without like democratic consent at all. But whether you liked it or not, people voted for chaos with both of the two massive parties unable to form government. I'm sorry, that's just what happened. And this is an instance of the military crying about getting what it wanted because it specifically wrote the constitution that meant that was possible. So it's their fault. I, f- I fucking hate these people so much. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I do find like Evren's government of Turkey really, um, really interesting because he suspends all civil rights. He's like, no, you can't have civil rights. But weirdly liberalizes the abortion laws. Hmm. And I'm like, that is such a strange... There's a very, like, 20th century thing where you look into, like, people who are commonly called, like, strong men or hunt lead hunters or, you know, like, the Stalin constitution and stuff like that. And you're like, this is very weird. There are very weird bits where you're like, I don't know where that comes from. Especially because Kenan Evren's whole deal was like, I'm a Kemalist, but I'm religious. You know, like, I believe in God. I think God's real. But also, like, I believe in, like, strict secularism and, you know, statism and stuff. Well, apparently not statism. Because um, they decided to... So so we've got so we've got rid of the parliament, so they decided to make a new parliament. Uh, and you'll, I love the name of this parliament because it's, it's ridiculous. Parliament 2. I mean, basically, it's called the Advisory Parliament. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, nice. This is... This is basically the centrist stream. Let me explain it to you. So you have the Hunter, which actually passes legislation, and you have an appointed body of MPs who have no power, but are just selected from, like, you know, business people and, like, you know, high, fine <clears throat> members of society. It's basically like if you just had the House of Lords and Tony Blair as Prime Minister. Can't believe they did actual fantasy cabinet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did. No, this is the second time they've done it. <laughs> Actually, no, it's the third time they've done it. I keep forgetting how many times they've done the fantasy cabinet trick. This is the third time they've done fantasy cabinet. And yeah, they did. Like, a bunch of the people they picked were just, like, people we reckon would be good at the job of being an MP, but we don't let them have any of the power of being an MP. Yeah. Because because the whole thing was, like, it looks illegitimate, right? The way I've described it. Like, no one would plausibly believe this is a legitimate government, right? In a country where you have prime ministers and all of this stuff. It just doesn't look right. So they get this parliament together and they form, they make one of the MPs in it. Well, sorry, yeah, they make him form a government as prime minister. But the government basically can't do anything without, they can't pass laws. But they can, like, advise the generals. Because the generals are like, we don't know anything. Yeah. We're dumb. We're just dumbasses. <laughs> we need people who know shit to tell us what to do. And so, of course, what they did was uh, they they got uh, basically got a neoliberal guy, a rather large, a rotund neoliberal guy, to tell them what to do. 
So the Prime Minister was an admiral in the Navy, but the Deputy Prime Minister was a guy called Turgut Ozar, whose head looks like a cinder block. Um, it's just, it looks like, he has a brutalist head. I think, I think it's fair to say. Like, it's just, it's just, yeah. This guy, a new guy, by the way, just dropped for the 80s, because this guy is basically in charge for the entire 80s. I mean, you know, with the military approval, obviously. And he is a piece of shit neolib. Uh, he is, he, he is like, he's all about this banning trade unions, uh, you know, using the state to enforce certain relations and, you know, uh, he, he's basically like the platonic ideal of like, I, 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 like, you know how people say I'm like, I'm socially conservative, but I'm, uh, not, so, uh, sorry, socially liberal, but I'm economically conservative. Yeah, I love yeah. those guys. He's, yeah, he's, he's like the one guy who's honest about it, where he's like, no, I'm conservative in both senses. Sorry. <laughs> like, he, he, he at least had the decency to be completely honest about it and just be like, I am, I'm gonna, I'm going to ban trade unions. And you know what's funny about him banning trade unions? So there was massive, obviously, like, lots of industrial action in the 70s. Story of the world, right? He was the prime negotiator with trade unions and apparently was just so sick of it. He was like, can we just ban these cunts, please? Like, I'm just... Which tells me that the trade unions were doing a good job, if anything. Yeah. But yeah. He, he is going to be the very important guy going forward because he's... Uh, he becomes the first prime minister after democracy is partially restored. But before we restore democracy, we have to do the classic Turkish thing of having a referendum about the constitution. Ah, great. Yeah, now, this referendum is the most fucked referendum. So let me, ex- let me explain how it works. So the 1982 constitutional referendum asked you one question, which is, do you approve of the new constitution written by the National Security Council. Now, this constitution was largely in place until, like, Erdogan started making his changes to it. And it included a temporary clause, which was that everyone who was in government before, you know, 1980 is now banned from politics. Like, we can never have them. They're not allowed. They're banned from politics for 10 years. They can never come back. Well, a lot of them were quite old, so the assumption was they would die. But a lot of them lived for like 20 more years. <laughs> so it t- turns out, um, a lot Turkish politicians are very stubborn about their careers, it turns out. So, uh, so Evren, uh, discri- so the need previous more, constitution. Um, need more arms companies to get a second job with, to be honest, I think. Yeah, yeah right. So, th- yeah, the, pre- the previous constitution was, uh, we talked about it in the 1960 coup vid- uh, video. What am I on about? There's no video here. <laughs> Let me try uh, the episode. <laughs> um, where we talked about, like, you know, how surprisingly liberal democratic it was, you know, lots of new rights, you know, that's the constitution where the right to form trade unions was officially, like, part of the constitution and stuff like that. Uh, Kenan Evren described the 1961 constitution as having liberties that were luxurious for Turkey. Oh, we wouldn't want luxury, would we? Oh, no, heaven forbid. Oh. Yeah. yeah, heaven forbid that we have, we have a luxurious, uh, uh, you know... God, we, we just can't have luxury. We're not allowed to have nice things. This is basically what he said. Uh, so the new constitution is, was the document that basically still in, mostly governs Turkey, actually, when you, uh, when you look at it. Uh, it, it, sort of, it bans political parties from working directly with what it calls civil society organizations, and, which means trade unions. They didn't want like a labor party. Mm. Which, like, in fairness, in Britain, I do sympathise with. Yeah. I don't want a Labour Party either. But, <laughs> but this is not what I wanted. This is getting what I wanted. Very, very monkey poor, yeah. Um... 
yeah, I'm not I'm not a great fan of it. Uh and and it would it would sort of create a new body after the after the uh, after the adoption of the constitution. It would have adopted a new um it would create the new parliament, the Grand National Assembly, it would return after elections. And it created um and it created this sort of body that would follow called the Presidential Council. Now the pres uh sorry, is it the yeah, the Presidential Council, which the Presidential Council is basically the National Security Council, but with a nicer name, and their job is to like peer over the government's work and make sure they're not doing anything too crazy. And and they basically get to veto any laws. Uh, which means, you know, not really a return to democracy so much as a return to elections, which are two different things. So, this, re- but the other, the other wrinkle in this referendum is, it's like, okay, do you approve the referendum? Fine, okay. No, no problem. You know, do you approve the constitution? Fine. That's a normal question to ask in a, in a, in a, in a referendum. But then it also says, and do you approve of Kenan Evren's six-year presidential term following the adoption of the Constitution. So you're basically saying, so if you liked the Constitution but hated this guy, mm. you there was no way to separate the two. Uh, and it passes with 91.4% of the vote. Oh, that sounds legit. Yeah, well, I mean, I story time. <laughs> My dad told me about this referendum. Uh, he voted in this referendum. Uh, he voted no in this referendum because uh, he hated the constitution and the guy um, for for very for many reasons. And he um, he told me that soldiers were basically in the voting booth with you and would like look at your vote as you were voting for it. And he was just like audaciously stamping no in yeah. front of them and just like fuck you. Like dad would have been twenty one when he did that. And so like, you know, good for him. Uh, but yeah, only only eight point six percent of the country voted no, wow. which is which is you know that's completely normal. Yeah, that sounds sounds fine. fine. Yeah, and, and you know eight point four eight point six percent when when the army are watching you vote. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a pretty pretty decent no campaign. Bold, yeah. Now they're you know they weren't allowed to campaign. Don't that's not no, that's sure. not <laughs> that's that would that would be luxurious for Turkey if we had two referendum <laughs> campaigns. You know. <laughs> I can't get over that phrasing. Yeah, like it's just such a horrible, luxurious rights. Yeah, that's you know what I can't believe I've said that because some Tory is going to listen to this and recommend that's how they sort of frame all of this shite now. <laughs> like Britain has too many. I mean, uh, that's pretty much rights. how everything's phrased already, isn't it? Yeah, but we, yeah. yeah, but we've not like got to the Human Rights Act as luxurious. No, I or not maybe, quite. Maybe yeah. we have. I think not we kind quite. of have. We're like almost me, yeah. there. Yeah. I think I think that we've got to like oversight by sort of like foreign courts is luxurious kind of like we we have plenty of courts at home mm. which we do I guess but they're also fucking terrible so British courts should try being competent at their job is what I'm saying so <laughs> just ah uh, so. We have these new elections. We have new political parties, but I think we'll have to save it for next time. For New Year, new political parties. Oh, I right. think that makes sense. Yeah. There'll be brand new political parties. Oh, I guess before we wrap up, what I'll do is I will say that there is like one conspiracy, one thing that's called conspiracy theories about this, which is that people believe the US were involved in the coup. 
Uh, yeah, the US were probably involved with the coup. Um, I'm just, I, I that don't. Is, you know, um, like... That is their specialist subject. They do like, like doing okay. that. Yeah. No. Yeah, and like um, a lot of people get mad at me when I include like this coup as part of like you know the coups America did in the 20th century, and I'm like, it doesn't matter whether they specifically knew about the plan. They created the infrastructure that made the coup possible, and once the coup happened, they backed the government. They backed the hunter. And Turgotozar's sort of bullshit government that, you know, he forms after. And also Margaret Thatcher, big fan of Turgotozar and the coup government. Because of course she was. It was yeah. like, it was like European Pinochet. Although I, yeah, well, I guess that kind of says something about Margaret Thatcher that she was like turkeys in Europe, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that says something about current Tories compared to Thatcher. Jesus Christ, this country is a fucking oh, mess. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that... Uh, Juliet, uh, thank you for joining Pleasure. us. Pleasure. Yep. Uh, can you tell people where they can find you, like what you're up to? Yeah, best place for everything I do is julietjakes.com. Um, all my writing and film stuff and various other, you know, anything that I, I do publicly is is on there. Um, not on Twitter anymore. Um, haven't joined like Blue Sky or anything like that. Uh, I have just joined Flickr, um, but oh. I'm not telling telling anyone where that is yet. So yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, Ooh. go to the website. Yeah, go to Juliet. Like it's two thousand and three. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you say that. Like, I'm thinking about making my own website for stuff because yeah. it's just like you need a place that's not beholden to Elon yeah. Musk. Exactly, it's good. Good, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. All right. Uh, my, my my website will not have such a simple name <laughs> to remember. We'll have them. Um, we'll have under construction gifts though. That's the important question. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> it'll have. Um, I'll have. Uh, if I make it before Christmas, I will have like a 404 screen or whatever that's just like mince pies because I'm gonna Photoshop Mince's face over mince pies <laughs> and have that be my Christmas card this year. <sighs> God. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks Catch us over on the bonus episode. We ended up talking about Turkish football a lot. Yeah. Again. Yep. Second time. Return topic. Uh, but it was really interesting. And it was, uh, and it, yeah, uh, learned a lot of things, uh, mainly about um, who, how terrible the football club I support is at, uh, at transfers. That was the main realization I had. Yeah. And if you're, anyway, um, will... if you're not oh, paying sorry. for the bonuses, uh, Merry New Year. Yeah, Merry New Year. Yes, that's that's how it works. Yeah, Happy Christmas, Merry New Year. Um, <laughs> God damn it, I did it by accident. I did that wrong. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> fine. We're cutting the episode there. We're cutting the episode. Right. See ya, everyone. Take Bye. Care. See ya. Bye.